I mean, it's not often that you would list the greatest coach of all time <laughs> as a dud in a studs and duds piece, right? But you know what, Ryan? Bill Belichick was a dud, and I can make an I can make an argument that he might have been the biggest dud of them all. Welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good buddy, Jordy McElroy. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, how you doing, my friend? We got through week one. We made it through week one, man. You know what? I woke up this morning and well, actually, it's been the last few days and I've I thought it was my sinuses, Ryan. It might be a cold. I think I made myself sick after that Philadelphia Eagles game and the near comeback victory for the Patriots. So, man, just trying to – just on the men, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah, you know, that that was a frustrating loss. It was a frustrating loss for a little – I mean, I just think they missed an opportunity, right? I think a lot of Patriots fans have to feel like they missed an opportunity because we could pick apart some of the fourth down decisions that Belichick made going for all these crazy fourth and longs and stuff and <laughs> bypassing the field goals. Those are big talking points on Boston Sports Radio. We can we can go there, Jordy. I just felt like, and we were texting like right after the game, I just felt like the Eagles played the game like it was a dress rehearsal, right? I, we know the starters. Nick Sirianni talked about how their starters didn't play at all in the preseason, and he might have regretted that. It, I mean, especially Jalen Hurts just looked disengaged, like looked like he was just kind of slapping it out there you know what I mean looked like it was just like a going through the motions type of deal for them and especially after it was 16 to nothing I thought the Eagles played the game like they had a short week Thursday nighter coming up right now against the Vikings here as we speak this week in week two they played like a team that probably watched the Patriots and thought they could come in there with a vanilla game plan and get some reps for the starters and get the W and then go play the Vikings on Thursday night and what sucks is they were proven right. The Patriots couldn't take advantage of that. The Eagles kept trying to hand them the ball game, literally, Jordy, at the end. It felt like, how many opportunities can you get? And it's like, that's what's bothering me the most is that I didn't pick the Patriots to win. I didn't expect them to win, but they should have won the game, right? The Eagles tried to hand it to them, and the Patriots just could not take it and take advantage of that. So that's what's sticking with me, and I'm, I'm still annoyed to this day about it. I mean, I'm annoyed, too. You have every right to be annoyed, and I thought the Patriots, in my opinion, I thought the Patriots gave the Eagles the game. And, I mean, it's just – it's one of these things where, yeah, Sirianni's right about the Eagles not playing during the preseason and the starters not playing, and obviously that's an issue and you're going to come out and maybe come out a bit sluggish. But this is an Eagles team that went up 16-0 to in the first quarter, so they seem pretty hyped for this game, even though the Patriots were the ones making the mistakes. But, man, I just kind of look at it differently. I think the, I think the Patriots' defense just kind of took it to them. I mean, Tom Brady's in the building. You're Jalen Hurts. You have all these expectations on your shoulders. Would you not want to come out there in New England and embarrass the Patriots with the GOAT sitting right there in the crowd watching the game? So I just I feel like this Patriots defense, man, they're for real. They came ready to play. You know, Christian Gonzalez, Marta Mapu, Keon White, some of these rookies, they stepped up. They were making plays, and it's going to be a tough unit to go against, and I don't care what team is on offense and who's under center. Yeah, I'm with you. The defense was excellent. And I'm also interested in to see how they look against a team like Miami, right? The Eagles have a different kind of offense. And again, I just don't think the Eagles emptied the clip. I don't think they they showed everything in this game. I think they came out a little vanilla, but the Dolphins are going to throw it all at you, right? So we're going to get to that game here coming up. I, I can't wait to see how the Patriots defense looks against Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua and that offense, Mike McDaniel pulling the strings. It's going to be a fun one to talk about and to uh, digest this coming week. Uh, but yeah, the defense was excellent. So you got to give Bill Belichick credit for that, right? He's got he's got his defense ready to go, 
But Bill Belichick was listed as one of the Patriots wires duds for the game in your <laughs> post game studs and duds article. So uh, we got to talk about that. Jordy, explain yourself. Why was Belichick a dud in your opinion in this ball game? I mean, it's not often that you would list the greatest coach of all time <laughs> as a dud in a studs and duds piece, right? But you know what, Ryan? Bill Belichick was a dud, and I can make an I can make an argument that he might have been the biggest dud of them all because because I mean, obviously the turnover by Mac Jones that's a backbreaker, pick six, and then you have Ezekiel Elliott right after that who fumbles the ball away and gives the Eagles great field position. But Bill Belichick on that fourth and three call. The fourth and three when they're down in the red zone and he doesn't take the field goal and they go for it, it's just that hurts right there. Because if Bill Belichick doesn't make that decision, the Patriots are the Patriots are only down by two points at the end of that football game, and you just kick a freaking field goal and you beat the Philadelphia Eagles. So that was just one of those decisions where I'm kind of scratching my head, like, what are you doing, Bill? And Bill's response to it is even more frustrating, where he says, says he made the best I made the best decision we could at made the best decision we could at the time didn't know we'd be down there multiple times and I'm and yeah, I'm thinking okay, yeah it's like you didn't know you'd be down there multiple times I mean Bill do you not trust your offense I mean <laughs> come on now if you can't trust them we can't trust them obviously but they were down there multiple times and the one play Bill did say that he regretted a decision on was was going for it on fourth and seventeen instead of punting the ball away, and and I almost I almost feel like if he were I almost feel like if people were getting on him about the fourth and seventeen call, Bill would instead say that his only regret was going for it on fourth and three. I just feel like Bill was just he was just pushing back any way that he mm-hmm. could at that point. I thought they were both bad decisions, and and I get it, like you're you're trying to be aggressive, but when it's fourth and three and it's the fourth quarter. You take the points, man. Take the points when it's that close. You get you get the field goal. Chad Ryland, I get it. He's a rookie kicker. But come on, man. That was a short kick. We could have got three easy points on the board. Could have made things a lot easier on the Patriots' offense. And it wouldn't have come down to Booty not getting two feet in bounds on that last drive there for the Patriots. So Bills definitely was definitely the dud in this game. Just – you can't have it as a coach, and Bill's better than that. Just, just I mean, you, you see the way the team fought. The team made enough mistakes as is for him to come in there and make those those mistakes. And some people like the calls. I don't. I'm one of those people. You take the points in that situation. Yeah, the math uh, the math plays out just going for the field goals. And yeah, the fourth at seventeen was was a weird one, right? There's there's only two seventeen left in the game, and you're at the Philly forty eight, so you're you're backed up around the fifty. And you, and you go you go for it on fourth and 15. Now, thankfully, the Patriots got the ball right back because the Eagles were, again, just out there. I don't know what they were doing, but they went four and out and the Patriots got the ball right back. Uh, but man, yeah, fourth and 17 at the Philly 48 with 217 left and the Patriots go shotgun Mac Jones, fourth and 17. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's the Patriots offense right there as it's currently you know what, constituted. Ron, you know what, Ron? If you're going for it on fourth and 17, then you go out and you get a damn receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. Thank How about you. that? Yeah, thank you. And we can we could go there. I mean, uh, I mean Kendrick Bourne was good in the game, right? But Juju Smith Schuster was was kind of mysteriously not out there a lot at the end. And we're throwing it to Kayshawn Booty, who just cannot get his booty in bounds, Jordy, when we need him to. And <laughs> you know, uh, we didn't see enough of Demario Douglas, in my opinion. Like I don't know. Uh, so we get we could go there. I mean, yeah, the. The weapons for the Patriots, fair fair one to talk about, right? We've talked about it a lot. Uh, what'd you like about the game? 
What what'd you like about the game? I thought the response of Mac and the offense and just the team in general after going down 16 to nothing. I mean, as a fan, Jordy, I threw my hands up in the air, 16 to nothing. I'm like, oh, this is just what what are we doing? Like, where, where's the red zone channel? Like, I'm done. Like, OK, game over. But the Patriots didn't respond that way. Right. And they got right back in it by halftime. And then, you know, I'll suck back in. And I was like, all right, here we go. You know, just week one of being the, uh, you know, the inconsolable, crazy fan. But uh, it, it was great to see them pull themselves back in it. Mac, I thought, showed some poise, bringing the team back, showed some moxie. But at the end of the game, too, and afterwards, he put a lot of blame on himself for not getting the job done. And I actually agree with him. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Mac, you're being too hard on yourself. Don't say that. You did a great job. Look at your stats. 300 yards, three touchdowns. Mac, you did a good job. And me, I'm like, no, no, Mac's right. Like, the defense kept giving you chances, especially with that fumble they caused, uh, which was a huge game-changing moment. The Patriots couldn't punch it in. So Mac does have to figure out how to just finish the job, given what it's around. And we we are we all know that there's not a DeAndre Hopkins around him, but still find a way to punch it in. Mac hasn't really proven he can do that in his career so far. So we need that to come because I think the Patriots will be in a lot of situations like that fourth quarter, Jordy, and Mac's got to punch it in, especially when the defense is giving him multiple shots at it. But I thought overall a, a decent game for Mac Jones, right? And especially with the way they responded to being down 16-0, but, you know, before I could even get my first beer down, it was 16 to nothing. You know what I mean? So uh, that was good stuff. As everybody knows, coming in last week, actually, I predicted the Patriots would win that game. You and my score, my score was 24 to 20. And and obviously, after that first after that first quarter, I'm looking up and I'm like, man, I just made a I just made an absolute idiot of myself <laughs> picking the Patriots to win this game. And obviously they they get back into the game. And there's a lot of things to like about the game. And the kind of one more thing I didn't like to kind of touch on, which you 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 touched on a second ago, was De- Demario Douglas not being used as much. I mean, he was only in on like 33 snaps in that game. And he goes off for four receptions for 40 yards. I mean, it makes me wonder if he was maybe in those booty positions, would he have made those plays? And, I mean, he's just – 33 snaps, that's not enough. You you have to get that guy on the field more often. I mean, he's a playmaker. He's a big-time playmaker, especially if Juju's not right. And if he's not out there, I want to see more of DeMario Douglas out there in the future. But as far as good things to take away from that game, you, you touched on Mac Jones. Mac Jones, was he was, he was excellent after <laughs> – after, of course, the the pick six, which was obviously terrible. Now, there were some moments in the game of things that I didn't like for Mac Jones. Mac has to do a better job of not taking sacks and getting rid of that football. I mean, there was just times where, where plays break down and he seemingly panics and he just he takes a sack. And it's yeah. like you, you can't take sacks in those situations, Mac, especially with the game on the line. So I'd like to see him improve there. But one thing Mac is very good at and he's always been good at, no matter what mistakes he makes, he's not a guy – that he's not a guy that, that, that gets scared of the moment. Like he's going to come back out there and he'll continue to throw the ball down the field. He'll continue to try to make plays. And that's just, that's who he is as a player. And, and it's great. Now, obviously we want to see him limit the mistakes and everything and have stuff come together in the end. But Rod, I thought he, I thought he played well in the end and I thought he gave the Patriots a chance to win. You know, it's not Max fault. Booty can't keep two feet in bounds. There, you know, he, and he did it twice, and obviously he's a rookie, and you don't want to pound, you don't want to pound on the guy too hard. 
in the, in college, obviously, you can get one foot down. So I can get how that might be hard to translate over, especially in a game where maybe he wouldn't have played as much if Devontae Parker were, was out there or if Juju Smith-Schuster was right. So, you know, he's playing a little bit more than we expected. But, you know, you've you got to get two feet to, two feet in bounds. That was a beautifully placed throw on a fourth and 11. Max out here dropping dimes with Tom Brady in the crowd. Mac almost pulled off a Tom Brady-level comeback. And just got to be better in those situations. And obviously, you know, another good thing that I really liked was was the defense. And we talk about them all the time, how great they were. And they were really good in this game, you know, keeping Jalen Hurts under pressure. You know, they, they didn't let him roll out all the time. They were they were they did a really good job of containing him. And obviously, they just – they didn't let the Eagles run game go wild. They didn't let the – they did a pretty damn good job against two great receivers in A.J. Brown and obviously Devontae Smith there, and you're hoping it translate next week against two home run hitters in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill for the Miami Dolphins. But that defense for the Patriots, I said it earlier, they're for real. And as long as Mac Jones, as long as Mac Jones doesn't turn the football over, as long as Ezekiel Elliott and some of the other skilled players, as long as they protect the ball, as long as Bill Belichick doesn't make silly fourth down decisions. This Patriots team should be in just about every game this season. Oh, I'm with you. The defense was excellent. Philadelphia ran over teams last year, Jordy. Ran them over with their running backs, with Jalen Hurts. Almost unstoppable running the football. It's unheard of that you you hold them under 100 yards. The Patriots did. Held them to 97 rushing yards. Uh, That's a big win for them, especially in those conditions. Uh, You know, I would expect the Eagles to be push at 150, 200 yards rushing. Uh, they didn't get there. The Eagles only had 17 first downs, uh, which is not a lot in an NFL football game. The Patriots, for uh, you know, just a comparison in that same game, 24. Patriots had 24 first downs. Did the Patriots seem like a team that had 24 first downs? <laughs> no, because of some of the crazy <laughs> crap we saw on fourth down. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Eagles, 17 first downs, uh, 90 seven yards rushing they were four for 13 on third down over one on that they got stuffed in that one fourth down call late in the game uh, when the Patriots got the football back so yeah no the defense was excellent excited about that and again excited to see how they look against a Mike McDaniel offense which is just a completely different style offense so it'll be fun to see uh, what happens this week another talking point we had coming into the ball game Jordy was the offensive line we were certainly worried about right tackle we were worried about some injuries. Cole Strange has not been super active in the preseason. Mike Onwenu also missed this ball game, so it was Onwenu and Strange were both out, and we had the rotating door at right tackle, and it was like, what are the Patriots going to do against the Eagles and their ridiculously good uh, pass rush front seven, all that. Their defense is nasty. It was pretty good, right? The offensive line, at least Jordy, was not the story in this game. I watched a lot of football on Sunday as much as possible thanks to that Red Zone channel, and I got to tell you, there's some bad offensive line play out there. And there are some quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, like some of these guys. Oh, my God. They have no chance. They have no chance. They're dropping back and they're just screwed. Mac Jones was not screwed in this game. The Patriots gave Jones a chance. He had a chance to win it. The Patriots had a chance to win this ball game. It was not the offensive line. They're not a big story coming out of this game. And I think that is the story, right? The fact that you didn't have Mike on one or Cole Strange and you still held your own. Pretty good. So I'm actually I'm coming out feeling better about the Patriots offensive line, especially from what I saw across the league. I think the Patriots might have a better situation on the O-line than a lot of teams out there. So that is something that I feel positive about as well, is the the play of the O-line. They held it together. So 
that's a plus for the Patriots, their coaches, Belichick, all of them, that they were able to piece that thing together and be competitive. Goodness, Ryan, you got me so fired up and hot and bothered over Bill Belichick, I completely glossed over the excellence of that offensive line play for the Patriots. <laughs> I like you and talking then, about him being a dud, though. We got we to gotta go back to that. <laughs> well, you know, you know, definitely that offensive line wasn't a dud. They were studs up there with Antonio Maffi and City Sal, obviously the rookies coming out of college there, and those guys getting getting pushed into the lineup with Mike Unwinu and Cole Strange both being out, which for me was kind of a, a, a surprise. And I get it, you know, Unwinu and Strange, they obviously they'd been limited throughout the week, but it was one of those situations. When I make when I made my pick last week, I was thinking like, okay, you know, Unwinu will be back, Strange will be back, Parker will be back. None of those guys are back in that game. So obviously I was sweating bullets before the kickoff there, but – City Sal and Antonio Moffey, those guys stepped up and they played big for the Patriots. And, you know, a lot of the offensive line struggled in the preseason. They just they just didn't play well. And and obviously there was a report out that maybe the Patriots didn't play Mac Jones in the preseason finale because of how bad the offensive line play was. So to see those guys come out there and step up and play well, it was impressive. And obviously Calvin Anderson coming back and helping out at right tackle there, much needed. He's a veteran guy. So to see him get in there and help out and, and give that give that unit a lift was impressive. And it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, what they do moving what they do moving forward when a winner and strange come back and you know, I would think that this offensive line has the potential to be way better when those two guys are back are back on the offensive line unit. But obviously just seeing that they finally have some depth there, if these guys go out, you know, if Strange goes out or if Owenu goes out, you know, seeing the way these two rookies stepped up and they played, it gives you it gives you a little cause for pause. You can kind of, you know, have breathe, breathe a sigh of relief there and think that, okay, you know, maybe – Maybe maybe it wouldn't be so such a catastrophe if guys go out and get hurt and that these guys can step in and protect Mac Jones the way that they did against the best pass rushing team in all of football. Real quick, Jordy, how busy are you during the season for Patriots Wire? You guys are pretty busy, right? As a site editor? Oh yeah, yeah. We stay very, very busy. Do, do you have time to do a weekly webinar on the Patriots backup quarterback position? I think fans could really get something out of that because I've been trying to track this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but so the Patriots, you know, we talked about it last week. They waived Bailey Zappi and were fortunate to sign him back to the practice squad. Then they went and brought in Matt Corral. And we were talking about, okay, maybe they like Matt Matt Corral. Well, so let me get this straight. Matt Corral goes AWOL. He they bring him into the building. Matt Corral arrives in Foxborough. He gets on the practice field, and then by the end of the week, he's not showing up for practices, walkthroughs, meetings, nothing. He just disappears without notice for two days. So he goes on some reserve list that Belichick can put him on because he's left the team without notice. And now the Patriots have signed another quarterback right before we started recording today. It's on a on a Wednesday here. Uh, Ian Book, which is Ian Book, played for Notre Dame. Kind of plays like Taysom Hill out there because he runs runs around but can't really throw. <laughs> and uh, he's probably a poor man's Taysom Hill. Sean Payton and the Saints actually drafted him back in the day uh, when they had Taysom Hill, you know, and they were using Taysom Hill and maybe he was going to become the starter after Drew Brees, whatever. Now the Patriots have signed Ian Book to the practice squad. Bailey Zappi is back as the quarterback too. And Matt Corral is AWOL. Like, can you pl- like what we need a webinar here, Jordy, weekly to figure out what's going on back at quarterback with the Patriots. You know what, Brian? It's so much information going on at quarterback for the Patriots. 
I can almost write a book on it. Get it? <laughs> An Ian book. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's corny, man, but I'm loving it. It's my terrible joke for the for the day. It's a dad but, joke right there. That's, that's what they're doing. I mean, it's like it's like we're playing musical chairs here at quarterback, and it is almost almost like the offensive line situation in a way when I said that they were throwing darts at the board and kind of seeing with sticks. Are we doing that yes. at quarterback now? Uh maybe. But look, at the end of the day, it's Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. I mean, Bailey Zappi, poor Zappi, is one of those guys where they were like, well, Zappi, you're cut. Okay, you know what? We made a big mistake. Come on back in here, Zappi. Everything's good now. But it's obviously those two two guys. And I think, you know, it could be a case of maybe Billy O'Brien wanting some some younger guys there where he can kind of work with and just kind of see, kind of see what they have, you know, as far as prospects in the future or whatnot. But – I in book man I, I don't know I, maybe he's just in there kind of as a spot holder for Matt Corral I don't know what the situation is with that over there um, what's going on there but I mean for me man the most if 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 we're not talking about Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi the guy I want to be talking about is Malik Cunningham there and he's he's just kind of been a secretive type of guy you know Bill Belichick and them they gave us a little tease of him in the preseason opener there and then we didn't really see much of him again and I don't know if he's a guy that they just kind of they have under wraps or maybe they're not seeing enough or I I don't I don't know what's going on apparently they're seeing something because they brought him back on the practice squad but that's that. That's the guy under the hood that I want Billy O'Brien putting all of his focus in. You know, in book, it's just I'm I'm not really seeing it. Uh, I wasn't really Matt Corral. I can kind of see the interest there because he does have some qualities over Zappy, like the versatility with his ability to run and throw. Like I get it, but still, when we're talking about an electric playmaker potentially, like I I, I want that attention being paid to Malik Cunningham. Yeah, I'm with you. I think. Cunningham probably not ready uh, to be a serious quarterback in the NFL, but he could definitely help you out on the practice squad with a scout team and stuff looks when you're facing more mobile quarterbacks, right? So that could be something, but yeah, hopefully there's a trajectory there and they're working them out and trying to see what they can, you know, is he a wide receiver? Is he a quarterback and they, what can they do with him? But yeah, I'm, I'm way more interested in that kind of, rushing quarterback role if they want to bring in a quarterback to change things up wildcat whatever way more interested in Malik Cunningham than Ian Book <laughs> I'm with you 100% on that Jordy like <laughs> Ian Book it, wow that, t- t- that one does nothing for me that signing but again he's only on the practice squad I'm not going to lose my mind but yeah the the quarterback situation with the Patriots wow I mean yeah you're you're right too poor Bailey Zappi it's like all right, Bailey. Well, we're gonna let you go. Hopefully, we can get you back on the practice squad, but we're gonna let you go. We're gonna we're gonna work with uh, we're gonna work with some other guys as well. Oh wait, 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 Bailey. We can't find Matt Corral. We're gonna. We love you again. We want you to be the backup to Mac Jones. All right, stick around, Bailey. So it's like, okay, wow, wow, what a situation. All right, I want to get to the Dolphins here, but real quick, give me thirty seconds on Brady's speech at halftime, Jordy. Did you? I'm sure you streamed that or at least watched it after the game. I don't know. I had to watch it after the game out here in in Minnesota where I live now. Uh, but what do you think of the whole Brady? running out, doing the let's go, getting on the stage, saying he's a patriot for life, the whole thing. Uh, give me your take on it. I mean, it was just – it was nostalgia for me. Like, I mean, just seeing Brady just in a Patriots jersey was just incredible. Another thing, Jordan, I mean, just to cut you off, nostalgic, because I'm glad you said that, seeing him on the stage with, like, craft and the banners, and it's just, like, for us, like, our age, it brings you back to those AFC championship – 
things, stages on this yes. field, the Super Bowl after game on the stage. Like it, that's what it brought me back to it. It did. It gave me all the feels as a it's corny, but it gave me all the feels as a fan. I'm like Brady on stage on the field. That brings yes. you back to those championships. And it did. It did it for me. It did it for me. Yeah. And I mean, it, it just it felt right. I mean, it really did. Like, I, and I get it. You know, the whole Buccaneers thing. He went and he won a Super Bowl there. But Tom Brady's a Patriot. And, and we all knew that. And he's and he said it himself. He's a Patriot for life. It's just this is where he belongs. It doesn't matter how it ended or, or whatever happened. Tom Brady belongs as a he's he's a Patriot for life and just seeing him run out there run out of the tunnel and, and do the whole let's go I'm not gonna lie man you know I hey look I, I love Mac Jones and all but a part of me was was just <laughs> just thinking man oh hey Tom you, you awesome. think you can maybe put that jersey and that helmet back on and step step under center for a little bit for us just for one more game at least please but it's incredible man incredible moment great moment looking forward to seeing him inducted into the Hall of Fame, Patriots Hall of Fame, and obviously they're rushing that forward. He's not having to wait. And you know what? The NFL should consider doing the same thing because Tom Brady, hands down, the greatest player that ever lived. All I could think about, was, and I'm with you, like him coming out, doing the whole let's go thing. I mean, I don't know why. I always Patriots fans always love that when Brady came out and did the let's go and the fist pump. It was just like a thing before every game. And I, I kind of like that. It was a great way to come on the field. It was perfect. And uh, yeah, I... I all I could think about was, thank God we're back. We're here now. We're here now. Where Brady's yes. calling himself a patriot. It's no more like Brady versus Belichick, not talking to each other, not mentioning the Patriots or Belichick in that initial retirement letter. Remember with the Bucks when he initially retired but came back, he didn't mention the Patriots or Belichick at all. There was like all this weirdness, and it was like, what the hell? Uh, the se- and then we get now to the game, week one halftime. Brady comes out in a in his Patriots jersey, the crowd's chanting Brady, Brady, like that's what it's supposed to be right there. That's how he's supposed to retire. So uh, thank God we got to that. And uh, yeah, but I, I agree with you. It was, it felt right. It was super nostalgic, especially for guys like us that were fortunate enough to be in like high school and college when Brady was leading the Patriots, all these Super Bowls. It was a, it was a great time to be alive. I'll tell you that and yes. love and love the Patriots and love football. Um, we were spoiled, man, but yeah, I, I agree with you. There was I remember my dad when I was a little kid, my dad went to the Larry Bird night that was held at the Boston Garden. It was just like a packed house, standing room only, Boston Garden, Larry Bird, big retirement night. So it sounds like Brady's going to get something like that um, in the Gillette Stadium in June, and that is going to be sweet. He deserves it. Um, so that's how it should be, and that's the take on the Patriots. And you know what I would love? Because there's a lot of people out there talking with Aaron Rodgers, Achilles injury, Jordy. A lot of people talking, oh, would Brady consider going back to the Jets? <laughs> oh, I'd love to see Brady's, like a, a selfie of Brady, one of his, do, him do one of his selfie videos of somebody asking him if he'd like to go play for the Jets with Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> like, I would love to see his face, his actual reaction to him being asked if he would like to come back and play for the Jets. So. Uh, maybe we'll have a thought or two on the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and that whole situation. We'll do it coming up next. But first, here, let's real quick get some fantasy advice from Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number two. Quarterback Anthony Richardson, Indianapolis Colts at Houston Texans. 
While the Texans held Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson to practically nothing both aerially and on the ground last week, Baltimore found success rushing the ball, which is something we're not convinced you'll see from Indy this week. Richardson should be the team's leading rusher, and he has a strong chance of scoring at least one touchdown with his legs. Passing-wise, however, it's fair to be leery of the rookie's maturation in only his second game, but all he needs is something around 230 passing yards and a touchdown strike to augment his rushing success for a quarterback one finish. Running back Jamal Williams, New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. In week one, no defense gave up more fantasy football success to running backs than Carolina, a unit that was only mediocre at slowing the position last year. On Sunday, the Saints had a tough rushing matchup versus Tennessee, and Williams' numbers suffered as a result. He is poised to produce at least 100 combined yards and one touchdown against a defense that permitted 177 total yards and a trio of scores to Atlanta running backs last weekend. Wide receiver Elijah Moore, Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh Steelers. Moore tied Amari Cooper with seven targets last week, suggesting the former New York Jet has a real chance of blossoming in this offense. Pittsburgh gave up two scores to Brandon Ayuk last week, and this was the fifth weakest unit at slowing the position in PPR scoring. At a minimum, Moore should be treated as a quality flex play, especially in PPR. Tight end Cole Komet, Chicago Bears at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Komet was good for a modest line of 9.4 PPR points on his five catches for 44 yards in Week 1 versus Green Bay. Tampa has struggled at times in the last few years at containing the position, including in Week one when this unit surrendered a league-high 11 catches, although for just 67 yards. Volume rarely is part of Komet's game, so consider him a little bit volatile, but he still has tight end one upside if you're in a situation to gamble. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Pats, uh, they played their first AFC East opponent of the season here in Week 2, Jordy. Home against the Dolphins, Sunday night football. Good timing, too, because I have to go to a buddy's wedding on Sunday, which is a Sunday wedding during the day. These Sunday weddings, Jordy, becoming a thing. You know, a lot of these people getting their weddings pushed back from COVID or whatever. Now there's this big demand. The wedding industry, it's it's overflowed, and there's a lot of Sunday weddings. I have a couple this fall. Not happy about that. Sunday weddings during football season? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm telling you right now, and I tell my friends from the get-go, if you invite me to a Sunday wedding, be prepared for me to be streaming the game. Exactly. It's going to happen. Oh, God, the cell phone. I'll be my laptop, too, so yeah. you, you got to be okay with that <laughs> yeah. as well. You have, the, you have the laptop open right there on the table, right there in the wedding. I like that, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll probably have to, like, hold the phone under the under the table or something. But, um, yeah, no, it's at least the Patriots play the late game. I'll, I'll be able to catch that. But uh, Dolphins, two-and-a-half-point road favorites in Foxborough. Doesn't sound right, right? It sounds a little weird to hear the Dolphins are favored in Foxborough, Jordy, but they lit it up in week one, right? Uh, they, Tua, passed for 466 yards and three touchdowns. He averaged almost 11 yards per completion in that game. He just re- was just throwing all over the Chargers. Uh, Tyreek Hill went nuts, 215 yards, two touchdowns, 11 catches. Uh, so needless to say, we, and we talked about it, much different test for the Patriots defense, right? Because the Dolphins under Mike McDaniel, they're kind of a machine, weapons all over the place, and the Patriots really haven't seen this version of the Dolphins offense, right? Saw them in week one last year, which is kind of a weird game, and then they saw them late in the season when Tua was hurt, and Teddy Bridgewater actually started the game. Uh, The Patriots played against the Dolphins last year, the second one. So we haven't seen a lot of this version of the Dolphins, how it's currently constituted, how it's kind of come together. And it's a it's a little scary. That offense is a little scary. I'm not gonna lie, going into it, it's gonna be a good test for the Patriots defense. Um, what do you think about it? I mean, Tua Tua was basically out there, David Ortiz in it, just throwing home runs all over the place. And right. that's kind of how their that's kind of how their offense is built. This is what they do. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't terribly surprised by by the way they played. You know, and 
and I know they people have heard me cry about this all last season, and I'll continue to, to do it this year as well. It's kind of frustrating seeing two out there throwing a throwing a Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill two number ones, and we, we're just over here hoping Matt can get some scraps. Can he get a number one, please? Can Booty please? get his booty and bounce? Exactly. Yeah, yeah something, please. But. You're, you're Bill Belichick coming coming into this game. You pretty much already know what the Patriots are going to be looking to do. They're going to be looking to take away the home run ball. They're going to make Tua be patient, try to win underneath, You know, make him methodically work his way up and down the field. Because the Dolphins, let's face it, they just can't help themselves. They're going to try to make big plays. So the Patriots are going to have opportunities to make plays on balls, you know, Tyreek Hill, he's a guy that's going to have to get double covered. If you're going, if you're going to beat us, right, you're going to beat us with Jalen Waddle, not Tyreek Hill. We can't, we can't allow that to happen. That guy's just too electric. He can blow a game wide open. And this is a game. It's going to be interesting to kind of see what the Patriots' offense, what they do. Is this? Can they continue that success that we saw from last week, or do they kind of revert back to the way things were? And if the Patriots, if they can not turn the ball over, eliminate turnovers. I feel like this Dolphins defense is a is a it's a defense they can kind of maybe work a bit more than they were able against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. You know, a team that can really get after the quarterback and really put pressure on Mac Jones there. So I'm interested to kind of see what New England does. And to be honest with you, Ron, I like New England in this game. You always like New England. Come on, Jordy. You always you always talk yourself into New England by the end of the week. I now, really like them in this one more I, so than last week. Me to too. I like I like them more than last week for sure in this one. Uh, yeah, the, you you brought up the Dolphins defense. That was a, a unit I thought would be pretty good. I mean, I know they added Jalen Ramsey in the offseason. He's out right now. I think he's got like a non-football situation going on. Um, so J- Jalen Ramsey's hurt and out, but they added Vic Fangio. I thought that would be a pretty good looking unit, but I mean, they they didn't look great against the Chargers. They got run on, and they gave up over 30 points. It was kind of a shootout. 36-34, yeah, it was the final. Uh, So the Dolphins' defense didn't put anything out there that would make them look dominant. It should be areas that Bill Bill O'Brien and uh, Mac Jones can exploit. They should be able to find some holes in that one. Dolphins allowed 5.7 yards per play in that game against the Chargers, Jordy. So um, definitely looking for that. How do you think the Pats do cover Tyreek Hill, right? They're not going to, like like we, you said, they're not going to let him go for 202 touchdowns. It's not going to happen. Um, so what is it, like bracket coverage? Uh, do they do that thing where they roll their second corner over on him with a safety over the top? Uh, or is it something where they just jam him, try to hit him as much as possible in that five-yard zone? Like, how do you think they cover Tyreek Hill and keep him in the building? Because obviously... You play them like the Chargers did, and you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and I, and I would think I would think the Patriots would come in with a little bit more bracket coverage. I think you hit it on the nail or hit the nail on the head with the first point there. Um, yeah, obviously Belichick, he has his game plan is to is to typically what make you play left handed. That's what he does. That's what he's always done. And to make the Dolphins do that, you take away Tyree Kill. He's their he's their number one guy. He's the guy that can break the game wide open. You have to figure out a way to to nullify him to at least some degree. Now, obviously, Tyree Kill he's going to do Tyree Kill things, right? You can't stop the guy completely. But the Patriots have done a pretty good job against Tyree Kill. Not saying that they've not saying that they've completely eliminated him, but but in matchups, the Patriots have done they've done pretty well against him. They always do pretty well against eliminating or at least you know, nullifying to some degree the number one guy on the team. So so then it comes down to Jalen Waddle. You know, is that a guy you can kind of slow down? You know, can you keep can you keep to it contained to the same degree that you were able to do with Jalen Hurts? That's what it comes down to. 
and can you stop the run game? So it'll be – and obviously the, the Dolphins would rather just throw the ball. That's that's their run game right there. So if the Patriots can – if they can keep – if they can keep – if they can keep Tua contained and if they can – to some degree, win one-on-one matchups with Jalen Waddle on the outside there. I think New England, I think they got a good chance here at home, you know, coming off a loss. They played really well against Philly. You would think they'd be a little bit fired up. So, yeah, I'm taking the Patriots this week, obviously. I'll probably end up taking them next week against Zach Wilson and the Jets. <laughs> and, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I won't makes- pick them every week, I promise. That, that, that makes sense against the Zach Wilson and the Jets, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I like what you said earlier and the whole, like the Patriots are going to make the dolphins take what they give them and check it down and not go deep. And it's kind of like the Patriots would dominate the bills because they wanted to go down the field. And then finally the Bills start smarting up and saying, okay, well, Josh Allen's just gonna, he's going to take those short throws and it, it's given the Patriots problems against the bills. Will the dolphins be that discipline? Will they take the short throws? Because uh, the Patriots will probably give that to them between the twenties, and will the Dolphins take it? That'll be an interesting uh, thing to monitor during the game. But I, I do agree with you, Jordy. I feel better picking the Patriots as home dogs in this game than I did last week against the Eagles. Again, the spread at the time of recording, according to Sportsbook Wire, is at two and a half. Uh, the Patriots are dogs. I think they'll be in the game, right? I think they can hang with the Dolphins for sure. It's a division game. Uh, I think they can hang with the Dolphins, whether it's high or low scoring. You know, I, I think. You know, the, the Dolphins' defense doesn't really scare me. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins score 30 in New England. Um, so I am I am leaning the two and a half. I think if this line moved to three plus for whatever reason, I would hammer the Patriots. I'd like the Patriots at a field goal or more. Uh, yeah, I, I expect another game where the ball could be in max hands at the, end of the, at the end of the game, Jordy. I think similar to last week, Patriots could have chances to win at the end. I think it'll be close. Can Mac come through? Can Matt come through? Can the offense come through and punch it in this time? That, I, I think that's the kind of game we're looking at. So I am inclined to pick the Patriots. Uh, hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm right. Hopefully, I'm and that's, right. And, that, and that's kind of and that's kind of a big thing as well. Like you, you know, you're talking about if the offense can come through. That's probably my that would be my only concern, especially with the playmakers. You know, I expect us to see a lot of Mike Nasicki and a lot of Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, man, what a game he had yep. against the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, you know, Bill O'Brien, he loves to, to utilize those tight ends and being able to see Hunter Henry kind of reemerge there since that 2021 season was really impressive. But you kind of wonder about the receivers, you know. Is Devontae Parker, is he healthy enough to go? Does Juju Smith-Schuster still have issues? You know, is are, are the Patriots finally going to give us more of Demario Douglas? You know, Kayshawn Booty, he had great opportunities in the previous game against the Eagles, but obviously can't keep his foot in bounds, feet in bounds. And, you know, just to throw one more little point in here, just, you know, something else to kind of grind at my gears over the weekend a little bit um, was Jacoby Myers. Did you did you happen to see what he did there with the Raiders? Of course. Did you, did you see that? Oh, my goodness. Nine receptions, 81 yards, two touchdowns, Jacoby Myers. And oh, you're kind of looking God. around. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. And I mean, and you're looking, and you're and you you're looking at the Juju Smith Schuster situation, and you're you kind of wondering, like, man, was this a terrible idea? I I don't know, man. I don't know, Ron. I might be hitting panic mode too soon, but Jacoby Myers was really good for the Patriots for so long, and you finally get Bill O'Brien here, and you run Jacoby Myers out the building, and I just I don't know, Ron. Jacoby Myers more receptions, more receiving yards more touchdowns than Devontae Adams there with the Raiders. 
with Josh McDaniels as the head coach. Kind of grinding my gears a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not judging. We'll see what Juju does the rest of the way, but that's just something to kind of keep an eye on there throughout the rest of the season. Oh, it's impossible not to, and it was against Denver too, which is not a slouch on defense. Uh, and, yeah. and yeah, Jacoby Myers and Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels, a, couple, a bunch of old friends are carving up the, <laughs> the Denver defense with Jacoby Myers for sure. Uh, yeah, and I think the thing that is annoying, and it's it's an easy one to go look at, like, the money with Juju Smith-Schuster and Jacoby Myers not that far off. They got similar contracts. I think I remember Jacoby Myers tweeting because the Patriots signed Schuster before Myers signed with the Raiders, right? Yep. I remember Jacoby Myers tweeting and being like, what did he say? He, I, I forget the tweet. I should have pulled it up. That's my bad. But it was like, man, it's a cold business or something. Or, or, That's or it. Yeah, yeah something, something, something like this. Or something. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like Jacoby Myers – tweeted as if he wanted to be back and he was kind yeah. of bummed about the decision that the Patriots didn't bring him back and it's like what we have a homegrown talent he's one of the he was one of the top receivers on the market it wasn't a big market for wide receivers anyway you have this guy he's been in your system he's got uh camaraderie with Mac Jones and we're going to bring in the new guy Smith Schuster who's older over Jacoby Myers who wants to be here for basically the same money it's like make it make sense. Make it make sense. We talked about it at the time too. But yeah, no, it is it is magnified, Jordy. Uh with the, with the game like, had for the Raiders. I feel, like, I feel like Jacoby didn't get the respect he deserved. I mean, he played in 14 games last season. We all saw how bad that offense was, and everybody struggled. Hunter Henry was not good in that, in that offense. Kendrick Bourne, that Kendrick Bourne you saw on Sunday? No, 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 no. He was not good at all. He literally in one game on Sunday, Kendrick Bourne has more – he has more receiving touchdowns this year than he had all the last year. Jacoby Myers last year in that bad Matt Patricia offense, 67 receptions, 804 yards, and six touchdowns. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. If you if your receiving core, Jordy, is Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, DeAndre Hopkins, Tiberio Douglas, like – you're feeling a little bit better about it, isn't it? If you had that group <laughs> than, than what we have now, I, I think I don't think there's even a question about it. No question at all. No, you're you're right. You're right. I mean, but it is what it is. Bill Belichick, he just he he doesn't necessarily value the receiver position the way that we do, and that's obviously it, it's cost the Patriots over the years. So we'll see. We'll see what they do this year. I do like I do like Demario Douglas and. You know, maybe Kayshawn Booty, hopefully he had a great preseason and great training camp. So we'll see if he can kind of improve from last week and maybe Devontae Parker can get healthy. And we'll see. I, I expect the tight ends to get utilized a lot more. But you're right, Ryan. I mean, if you 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 get a DeAndre Hopkins in there, and, and I mean, things change significantly. Maybe keep Jacoby Myers and you still – you still I don't know if they would have drafted the Demario Douglas at that point. Maybe they would have and – you just, I don't know, your head just kind of goes to what the team could be or could have been, and I guess we, we are where we are, right? We are where we are, yeah. I mean, Jacoby Myers, DeAndre Hopkins, those are easy ones. Those are two guys you could have had. Two guys you could have had. Those are easy ones. I think two guys that were interested in playing for the Patriots, maybe wanted to be with the Patriots if you're talking about Jacoby Myers. Who knows about DeAndre Hopkins? I think I think DeAndre would have played wherever he got the most money. So I think the Patriots probably could have figured that out. But anyway, that's beating the dead horse. But I'm sure we'll beat that horse again, Jordy, before the end of the year. We both like the Dolph- uh, the Patriots over the Dolphins, sorry. Uh, so there's that. Take that for what it is. Uh, and 
Another quick question I wanted to throw at you before we wrap up here, Jordy, is just the state of the AFC East, right? The, we all saw on uh, Monday night, Aaron Rodgers goes down with the Achilles. Poor Jets fans. I feel so bad for them. Oh, God. Poor Jets fans. Uh, not. <laughs> I'm not happy to see Aaron Rodgers. I was excited about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and that whole villain all year. So we lost that. That sucks. It, it does suck for Aaron Rodgers that he's injured, but I do not feel bad for the Jets fans at all. Sorry. I just don't. But anyway, it does make things look very uh, – it changes things in the AFC East, right, Jordy? Now Zach Wilson is set to be the quarterback of the Jets again. Uh, you know, you, you look at that game, the way the Jets played against the Bills, that defense whew, with Aaron Rodgers, that was going to be a scary team this year, I think. The Jets were going to be for real, maybe better than I thought going in. But with Zach Wilson, it's a completely different animal. And the Bills are just the same old Bills, aren't they? They're just the same stupid team with all this talent, but they're just stupid. Uh, and they just make stupid plays and Josh Allen loses his mind. And it's just, that's the same old team, man. They don't, they, they basically didn't make any changes to the roster from last year. They just brought back their team. I think they're kind of resetting the cap and their books a little bit after they went in on Vaughn Miller and stuff. The bills are just the same old team, the same exact team where they're good, but not great. So, and then you got the dolphins, right? Well, who we know are, are pretty close to the Patriots. They're an interesting team, but they got holes as well. So the AFC East looks right for the taking now, all of a sudden, with Zach Wilson being at quarterback for the Jets again. What do you think about the the division? And maybe are the Patriots still fourth place, right? Everyone is putting the Patriots fourth. Might be more wide open now, Jordy. Ron, I just I, I can't stop laughing at that that one Jets fan this this doing the middle finger salute to Zach Wilson. Yeah. Was that to Zach Wilson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. After the interception, oh my gosh, it's, it's hilarious. I just, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, but you know, obviously, uh, that's funny. But obviously, you know, I hope Aaron Rodgers gets better. Hate to see it. He's obviously one of the all-time greats, and and it's just, it's sad that he gets in there for four snaps and he's gone. But it just shows you, it just shows you, man, at the snap of a finger, everything can change. You know, the Patriots. Everybody was looking at them as 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 the fourth place team in the entire division, and I get it. Like you said, that Jets team, they were for real. You get Aaron Rodgers in there, they already had some offensive playmakers. That defense is elite and championship level. So that changed things for that team. Obviously, the Bills, they have stupid talent, but like you pointed out, they just keep making stupid mistakes. I don't know about that team. That That's probably one of the weirdest teams in yep. football right now. They can't now. get out of their own way. They just, they just can't figure out. They're just horrible at situational football. That's what it is, Jordy, with that team, Sean McDermott, the Bills. They just cannot figure out late game situational football. They just can't. Uh, they just continually shoot themselves in the foot. That's just the Buffalo Bills experience. And hopefully they continue to shoot themselves in the foot as the season yes. goes on uh, even more. So obviously, and then you have the Miami Dolphins, a team that the Patriots are going to see this week. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think this week is a very, this week, obviously every game is very important. But this week is very, very important because I feel like, I feel like we're going to get a glimpse into potentially how these rankings could end up falling out with this Patriots and Dolphins game. If the Patriots are able to knock off the Miami Dolphins this weekend, I would I would be willing to argue that the Patriots are in the running and they have a chance to win this division if they can knock off the Miami Dolphins. Now, obviously, if they go out there and they lose, I think the Patriots could still beat the New York Jets 
given their situation right now, yeah, the Jets' defense is elite and everything. I just don't trust Zach Wilson on the long haul. Did a good job, you know, not blowing the game completely, you know, under 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 the rest last week, obviously against the Bills. But I just I don't see that I don't see that whole thing working out in the long haul. But the Patriots, if they can go in this weekend, if they can knock off the Miami Dolphins, I think that changes things. And I think with Rodgers gone. This, like you said, the AFC East is wide open, and the Patriots could potentially sink themselves in there as dark horse contenders in the AFC East. Yeah, this is a big game against the Dolphins. You don't want to start off with two losses at home. Uh, and, you know, the Patriots have Dolphins at home, then Jets on the road week three. Still going to be a tough game with Zach Wilson, but definitely it cha- changes things with Aaron Rodgers being out, obviously. And the Patriots have owned the Jets. Uh, even with the way their defense plays. Uh, they're just not as stupid as the Buffalo Bills. They're not going to look as bad as the Bills did on offense on, on Monday night. This is a huge game against the Dolphins, right, Jordy? You can't go 0-2 with two losses at home to start the season. Uh, I'm sorry. You just can't. And then you're at New York, at Dallas the next two weeks. So uh, this, is, this is a big game. Patriots got to go win the Dolphins game here, and it, it's a big one. So Hopefully they come through, but I agree with you, man. You you beat the Dolphins at home, then go into New York, win that game against the Jets like you usually do. You usually beat that team. Robert Sala, come on. Now you're two and one, and you're you're right there with two division wins. So it, it there is a path, right? There is a path to the Patriots being right in the thick of this thing, where a lot of people just probably self included in the preseason had them written off fourth place in the division, <laughs> fringe playoff team at best. But you never know, man. It starts it starts this weekend. Starts on Sunday night, so let's get fired up. Sunday night football, Pats, Dolphins, big ball game. There's hope. I mean, there's there's hope. I mean, we, we came into this season, like you said, just things were seeming kind of bleak, but there's hope. Obviously, their their schedule's still really hard, but let's win these let's win these division games. That's what's most important. If the Patriots can win the division, win these games, you know, we can worry about everything else down the road. But starting off, mommy dolphins. Got to have it, man. Can't can't go 0-2 at home in back-to-back weeks. There it is. So for Jordy McElroy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Once again, all your pregame stuff, you're all covered on Patriots Wire. Make sure you're checking back there, Jordy and the team. Uh, do it all. And again, doesn't have time for that webinar, unfortunately. Too busy at the Patriots Wire on the backup quarterback <laughs> webinar. But still, uh, all your pregame love is right there on the Patriots Wire. We appreciate you for listening and sticking with us all season long. We'll be back weekly to break it all down and look ahead. Looking forward to the season, of course, but Pat's Dolphins, we'll catch you after that one. Yeah.